1: Welcome to the Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an SB Nation blog covering the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am O'Chase, joined by Pale Dragon. What's up, PD? You ready for the Browns game today?
2: I am ready for for football, yes. Uh, Very excited for the Browns. Not excited to face the Chiefs week one, but um, I am excited for the season, yeah.
1: Yeah, we are recording on Sunday, so this game is already over, but uh, that's definitely one of the better matchups I think on Sunday lots of good games today but yeah it's exciting to have football back very exciting to have hockey back as developmental camp started yesterday and will continue today Mike Eaves, the Cleveland Monsters coach will be coaching the Blue Jackets squad and this team has won the title five times so uh, very exciting to have hockey back I'm looking at guys like Cole Sillinger to make an impact because we know that he is hoping to make that impact and even a guy like Aaron Portsline as we talked about thinks that he will make a his debut with the Blue Jackets this upcoming season at some point we'll see but lots of names lots of, we'll get more into the roster but what's on your mind as the developmental camp gets started and what are you maybe looking at or maybe specific players that you are hoping to see a, a positive real positive impact
2: you're right that it this really is the first sign that Hockey's back. You know, the the Traverse City tournament is called always sort of the unofficial kickoff of the hockey preseason. It's obviously didn't happen last year. I'm looking forward to it again. Um, hopefully there's gonna be some sort of site where we can stream the games just to see a lot of these guys in action that, you know, we haven't really gotten a chance to see these draft picks over the last two years, um, who've been playing over in Europe or whose, you know, junior season got cut short last year. So it's it's this is the first sign that okay the season's coming up so that's one thing um, and yeah just in generally I'm I'm excited to see a lot of these a lot of these drafted players especially uh, Chinakov and Sillinger as you know for first round picks I would really like to see them play together just to see if their skill sets match um, and maybe there's a chance they could play together this year in either Cleveland or Columbus that'd be exciting to see. Um, Tyler Engel, I'd like to get a longer look at because he had such a great first season in Cleveland last year. Um, let's see if he can continue putting up the points you know, against prospects of a similar age. Uh, ditto for Carson Meyer. You know, On defense, Ola Berg- Bergholm, you know, he's, he's a guy I think the team's high on. So like to get a look at him. Sposal, you know, who we talked about as a, a guy who I was really surprised the Jacks were able to pick up in the third round. Um, And he's going to be coming over to play in Canadian juniors this year. So this will be a uh, introduction to North American ice for him. Um, And Tim Bernie, I think, is a guy that we've kind of forgotten about. uh, But he's a Swiss defenseman who was supposed to come over last year and join the Monsters. But due to uncertainty due to the schedule due to COVID, he went ahead and stayed over in Switzerland for an extra year. But hopefully this is a sign that he's going to come over here and he's going to start his North American career now with the Jackets, and um, we'll see what he adds to the defensive pipeline. And, and I'm also excited that, yeah, with, with Mike Eaves coaching the team, I think he's a, a really good coach. He's a really good developmental coach. So I think this week these young players are just they're going to learn a lot from him.
1: Yeah, good opportunity for Eaves and the players to, like you said, get back to a camp that they, haven't, that they, they weren't able to be at last, last year. Also, goaltender Daniel Tarasov just received his COVID nineteen vaccination, so he has not been cleared to participate in the developmental camp yet. However, he could make an appearance before the conclusion of the tournament, which is happening throughout the rest of this week. So, hopefully, he'll be able to make an appearance before things conclude.
2: Yeah, I hope, and I hope he, I hope that he does, because you know the the, the goaltenders that we've got on the development camp roster are you know, not guys under contract. They're just ones that the team brought in to get a look at. Now it'd be nice if one of those guys impressed to the point where the Jackets could sign them and maybe send them down to the e- ECHL. You know, the Jackets have a new agreement with the uh, Kalamazoo wings and it would be nice just to have another body in the pipeline in case, you know, cause a goalie might get hurt along the way this year or, you know, might be a trade at some point. So, you know, we're currently only four deep on the, uh, on the goalie pipeline. So there's a chance to add another young one. That would be a, that would be a good thing. But I do hope that Tarasov gets to play a game or two in Traverse city. Um, Cause I think that's the one weak point as I look at the roster is I don't see a, you know, kind of a game changing or game stealing goaltender. Um, but I do see enough offensive talent and defensive talent that this team should be able to stack up really well against the other teams there.
1: Yeah, looking at the roster and, you know, there's obviously guys we've talked about like a Cole Sollinger or Carson Meyer, like you just mentioned, or Igor Chinnikov. But then I'm looking at other guys, like you mentioned, that may not be under contract where they're just trying to get a look at them. Do you think that there might be maybe a dark horse like a Carson Meyer that we kind of talked about before, maybe trying to make an impact now or a guy that you would never would have expected to impress and then he ends up making an impression so that the Jackets might actually look at him as a guy in their, whether it's their NHL or more specifically, probably in the Cleveland plans.
2: Yeah, I do think it would be more likely that it's someone that would get a chance to play for the Monsters this year. And I do think that this, you know, the Jackets at this point should have an open mind because this is a rebuild phase. So anyone that can stand out that, you know, could maybe help this team long term. You know, if it's worth it to take a flyer on a guy to bring him in the organization and develop him in Cleveland for a bit, that'd be great. You know, in terms of the maybe the lesser known ones, I'm looking at some of the late round draft picks from this year, like uh, Ben Boyd, James Malatesta, Martin Raisabi. Curious to see how those guys stack up because, you know, I don't feel like any of them were super highly rated going into the draft. They're definitely kind of long-term projects that the jackets had acquired so i'm curious to see if any of them maybe give an indication that they're ahead of schedule not again not that i expect them to contribute much this year on a professional level but show us something that makes them worth following for the next few years
1: yeah definitely yeah I, it'll be exciting to see uh act, you know it's kind of like the unofficial start of hockey now uh preseason is just around the corner as well i know that's starting up in the next what few weeks or so
2: yeah this is kind of snuck up on me, but as I'm putting together, you know, the schedule of content going up over the next month and yeah, you know, we've got Traverse City coming up this week and weekend and then we're less than two after that, then we're, you know, less than two weeks away from training camp or just a week away from training camp that starts up on the 22nd or whatever. And then the first preseason games on the 27th (laughs) and it's like, Oh, that's, you know, that's just not that far away. And then, And then, you know, as of this week, we'll be just a month away from opening night on the on October 14th. So this is, uh, yeah, the season is here, really. And um, and and I'm I'm really pumped up for it.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Me, too. Very exciting. Uh, It's it's it feels normal now that, again, developmental camp is underway and it just we're going to have a full season. It looks like I mean that is the plan to have a full season of course so definitely good times ahead and yeah looking at just the roster again real fast uh it would be nice to see a guy like carson meyer you know he's a story that's worth rooting for amongst other guys of course but we know what he's been through and so it would be cool to see him make an impact and who knows maybe a guy sticks and becomes that uh unsung hero, so to speak for this team or this organization and you mentioned the ECHL I think it's interesting too that I mean I think it's good that they have the ECHL now because mm-hmm. I don't know what the dynamics necessarily how that really works between the the parent club and the minor league sometimes and the whether it's the expenses or how they kind of their philosophy but I, I think it's only a good thing to have another minor league tier to kind of work with and uh maybe develop guys in so I think it can only be a good thing hopefully it we see that kind of the way that translates that can only help this team going forward.
2: Yeah. I, I, it is interesting that they formed an affiliation again. I have always found it weird. That there have not been that not every team has an ECHL affiliate. Like they do an AHL affiliate. I'd like to see teams take more advantage of the ECHL to park prospects there, especially guys that would benefit from getting minutes. And that spot's just not available in the AHL. In recent years, I mean, the Jackets still have sent guys down, but just kind of on an informal basis to, you know, a couple different teams that they've sent guys to, depending on where the spots are. But, yeah, it's nice having a, a set affiliate that they can send guys down to and get with all of the players that they've been signing to ELCs. You know, there's I think there's going to be more players than there are spots for them on a North American professional team. So adding that third spot. is is helpful there and just in general i I feel like that's a a league-wide thing i'd like to see them make more use of the echl you know i think it has a reputation now still of having that kind of old school goon type hockey and and so maybe not an ideal place for a 19 or 20 year old trying to break into to the game um but i'd prefer to see it change and and get rid of those uh over the hill veteran types that are still in that or the guys that are never going to make it instead put promising young talent in there as as a true developmental league more under the control of the nhl so a more formal system like we see in baseball basically
1: yeah i was just about to say there's so many minor league tiers in baseball and like for instance when there was the new york penn league some teams utilized that league some did not so it's a good comp so to kind of finish up on our top 25 under 25, we'll start with Kent Johnson. He's going to be playing in Michigan, University of Michigan this upcoming season, but uh, a guy that could be that one of those centers for the Blue Jackets, one of those coveted centers that we've always needed. So I'm excited to see how he continues to develop and hopefully flourish this season.
2: Yeah. So I think it's worth noting that on our on this ranking, that he's the highest ranked player who is not currently an NHLer. The four guys above him are all established NHL players at this point. He has not played pro hockey yet, but the fact that he ranked this high I think speaks to how highly the the fans view him. And I think just the the team views him highly around the league. He's considered a very high-ceiling prospect and, and one of the best ones now in the Blue Jackets organization. I do think the ceiling is very, very high for him. Uh, I think he possesses some elite skills. There may still be some question marks about his game as there are with any prospect, but you know, I, I think there's a very high chance of him becoming a very, very good player for us. Uh, I think going back to Michigan is a good move for him because that Michigan is just gonna be absolutely stacked this year. <laughs> a ridiculous number of, of first round draft picks this year. Either we're on Michigan last year or going to be joining Michigan this year. And all the guys that were good on the team last year are coming back. Um, their season unfortunately got cut short by COVID, so they weren't able to compete in the uh, in the postseason. But uh, I think they're all motivated to come back and win it this year. And as much as I'm loath to root for Michigan to have success in any sport, <laughs> I, I am of course I do have to root for Kent Johnson to uh, to have some success himself. I, I it means I'm going to be watching a lot more college hockey this year because. I, I want to see what he's doing at Michigan, and I know that Big Ten Network carries Big Ten hockey games. Um, and course, Corson Koulamans as well is going to be going to Wisconsin, so both those guys will get to play in Columbus this year when they come play Ohio State, so I'm going to be checking out those games for sure if I can. The big question I have for Johnson this season is, will he play center or will he play wing? Uh, I think coming into the draft, most people saw him long-term as a center. I think the Jackets view him as a center. But last year he played mostly on the wing. And his center was Matty Beniers, who of course was the number two overall pick to Seattle and a great player in his own right. So as I was watching, you know, highlight videos that like had all the points that Johnson scored last year, Benyers was a big part of a lot of those as well. So I would I'd kind of like to see that line get broken up this year, to let Johnson carry his own line. Move him back to center so he can work on playing the center position, and see what he can do with some other. Now he'll probably still have some highly talented line mates, but not necessarily other top five pick line mates like he had last year. Uh, just to see what he can do on his own. But man, I'm excited when I watch his highlight videos. He reminds me a lot of Ryan Johansson with the way that he handles the puck and can you know has good hands good stick uh, uses his positions his body well he's got a pretty got a big frame uh, he needs to fill out a bit um, like you know any 18 year old would need to do so but i think uh, in just a couple of years he'll be able to have a big big impact for the blue jackets
1: today's episode is brought to you by cars.com Yeah, and then Adam Boquist, he came over from the Blackhawks and um, that Seth Jones trade. And as you mentioned, Chicago's loss is Columbus's gain. And I think Boquist could definitely, I won't, I'm not going to say that he's going to be Seth Jones, or at least right away. However, as we talked about Seth Jones, he's as good as he can be probably in his prime right now. But we started to see a little bit of regression for whatever reason. Boquist is young. He's a prospect or, you know, still in that prospect phase as he continues to blossom. But let's say in a couple of years, he really takes that next step like we hope. That could really look good for Columbus, of course. And so Boquist has a shot this season to really stick out. And it's it's an opportunity for him to really, you know, plant himself within that lineup.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I wrote the article about Boquist. And for it, I reached out to Dave Melton at Second City Hockey, which is SB Nation's Blackhawks blog, and he gave me some really good analysis of Boquist's game so far, Uh, and he seemed very, very high on Boquist as a player. You know, there's still some, still some room for growth in terms of the, the physical side of the game and some of the defensive side of the game. But he also pointed out some instances of him starting to develop good defensive instincts and positioning and game awareness and things like that. But it sounds like what he is already very good at is uh, offensive skill that he can shoot, he can score, he can pass, he's good at carrying the puck up ice, all, all things that I think are going to help us immediately. He was, um, you know, he was quarterbacking the first power play for Chicago, so I would imagine that he and Wilmerowski will be the power play quarterbacks this year for the Jackets. And you know, I think the Jackets are going to be looking to add new talent as a way to fix what was wrong with the power play. And so, if anything is going to help it, I think Boquist will be. Part of that, so yeah, he's just I think a, a really promising young defenseman. Now I, I don't see him being paired with Rzanski. I think they're too similar in terms of being offense first. But I think if you put Boquist with say Gavrikov, so Gavrikov can cover him defensively and physically, but let Boquist you know kind of play that rover role like Rzanski played uh, in his early years. And I think that that could be something really useful for the Jackets. I think you know for all the talk about you know, how can we generate more offense? A lot of that offense is going to come from the blue line this year because we've added guys like Boquist and Bean, and we already have Wierenski who create offense from the defenseman position.
1: So our next player was Jack Roslovic, the Ohio hometown kid. And it's kind of interesting that, you know, he was, of course, added in that Patrick Line A for Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. Roslovic really surprised all of us with his production and so uh you know we kind of all maybe thought yeah line is the star in this trade yeah Roslovic might be a nice throw in but he ended up kind of looking like the better of the two in that trade so interesting to see how Roslovic does in a full season for Columbus this year again another guy who has a shot to only uh take this opportunity and see where he can go with it for this team he's kind of quote-unquote amongst like the leaders of this team i guess in terms of nhl experience
2: yeah i would say not only did he have a better season than line i think he had a better season than dubois as well who had his struggles in winnipeg um so rosal is the only guy that came into his new team and seemed comfortable and was able to be consistently productive now you know i which i wonder if that is somewhat a factor factor of being in a city where he was already comfortable and he already knew maybe some of the players from skating with them over the summer and things like that whereas liney and dubois were getting used to you know new cities and new teammates and and you know with the covid protocols limiting how they could socialize and all that whereas rosfleck still had his family here and things like that but for whatever reasons he was he was comfortable and he was productive probably even more productive than i expected you know he put up more points this season than he had in any other season despite the fact that he played Less than fifty games this year, so that's not just on that point per game basis. That's just raw points. He was better than he had been because this was the first time that he had really gotten a chance to play top six minutes, and he made the most of it. You know, he was at nearly a sixty point clip over an eighty two game season. Um, so if he can build on that, and know just to be a sixty point player again next year would be huge. I just i i, I love his speed. Uh, I love that he's not afraid to shoot the puck Um, you know for nothing else he he is an offensive spark Uh, now defensively that definitely work in progress he needs to needs to do a lot of work defensively still Um, but hopefully that's something he's worked on uh, this offseason that's still a source of growth for him but I don't think we need to let that limit him I think it's a matter of take what he does well and play to those strengths. So give him a lot more offensive zone starts for example. You know, sort of shelter him in that way, but let's not lose sight of the fact that hey, this guy's got offensive skill, let's make the most of it. So, you know, and then there's there's I think a big question of if we assume that Liney and Voracek play together, who's the center that goes with them? And I don't know that it's Rozsik. I mean, I think he is the best center that we have on the roster this year, but I don't necessarily put him on that line, even if that's our quote-unquote top line. Because I feel like that's maybe too much offense and too little defense on that line. Uh, I think maybe put Rozovic with, say, Nyquist and Bjorkstrand. Because those guys can pass to set up Rozovic, who's maybe more of a shooter than a passer. They can also cover him somewhat defensively. Um, but I think that might be a better mix of skill sets with Rozovic than having him have to maybe play away from his strengths to support Line a and Voracek.
1: And then at some point, Max Domi would return from injury, and then you'll figure out where he might fit or slot in with certain right. guys on in the lineup as well. So interesting pieces. But uh, yeah, the, so the other guy was Patrick Line, a. Of course, the... Uh, you know, the trade, it seemed like a win-win on paper for both teams and it still might end up being that way, but this is a huge year for line A and the blue jackets because line is looking for a bounce back. So line A, he'll be an RFA at the end of the season, but you know, we're looking to see if he can find uh, a consistency in his game. Now, of course, last year, the trade from Winnipeg COVID so much going on, but still, this is kind of like the chance for him to either prove himself long-term for Columbus or right. at least see if he can have a good season if they have to move him at the deadline, for instance. You can see what you can get for him. But it could be a huge building block one way or the other for the Jackets. But you mentioned Voracek. Hopefully that gets him going. Hopefully line A. Like we, we've mm-hmm. seen the glimpses of his 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 superstar talent, yeah. like that goal against the Blackhawks, that end-to-end play. So you know it'll be interesting to see if he can put it all together, get off to a, a good start, yeah, I mean, that. all eyes, a lot of eyes, are definitely going to be on line A.
2: Yeah, I think he's probably the, that's the number one question mark of the season, is what will we see from line A? And um, I'm really rooting for him. I want I want to see him get back to what we saw in the first few seasons for him, because he does have elite talent. He's got a great shot, maybe one of the best shots in the league right now. This is a guy who, over the first four years or so of his career, he was averaging over 30 goals a season. So, I mean, if he could score 30 goals this year for the Jackets, that would be fantastic because we don't have many other guys on the team who could score 30 goals. So, yeah, and I think, you know, obviously last year was a was a difficult year for him, um, you know, moving to a new city in a different country, uh, being away from home, being kind of having to be shut in because of the COVID protocols, you know, maybe not fitting in with the, with the locker room. Um, so hopefully, uh, yeah, he's just in a better place this season. A coaching staff that might be more accommodating of him or might be more comfortable with the new coaches, especially the assistants. Um, and I, I am encouraged by the fact that he stuck around in Columbus for a few weeks after the season ended. Um, he was working with the training staff to find out from them what he needed to do to get better. You know, he's given interviews that have talked about his struggles here, but he sounds very motivated to to do better. I think he knows that he's capable of doing better. I think it's going to light a fire under him to do better. And you know, whether it means that he gets traded or whether it means that he commits here long term. Um, I think either way, it's going to help the Blue Jackets. Either they get a better package for him or they get this elite forward that they can build around, you know, just like they're building around Wurensky on the back end now that he signed long term. You know, I think that, and, and, and so this is kind of going into then, obviously, the number one pick was Wurensky. And I think it's appropriate that these two are the top two on the list because these are two players who. Despite not being 25 yet, are already well established as NHL players and are justifiably considered stars in the league. And these are elite talents at their positions in the league. And it's you know I, I think as as Jackets fans we should be very pleased with the fact that we've got two such talents on our team that are and here are the, maybe I, the two best players on the team, perhaps or two best talents on the team, and they're both under 25. So if you're looking at a long-term build, these guys are still part of that build. Uh, and that's really exciting.
1: Yeah, with Varensky, you know, that was huge for him to say, I want to be in Columbus because a lot of us thought he was out the door as soon as he could be. And I think I think he even said he saw the draft and the, the moves that were being made and was like, I want to be here. Yeah. And I think that just kind of came out of nowhere almost. I just remember seeing that. And I was like, holy crap, did that really just happen? <laughs> so that's what you talked about going back to the spring and you know, how are they going to make Columbus maybe a more desirable attraction for players, not just free agents, but players in Columbus already to make them want to stay. So I'm um, glad that we were able to make that, that they were able to come to an agreement with a guy like Wierenski mm-hmm. to help. I don't know if I would say to um, make the rebuild go faster, but it can only help in terms of having a huge block by Wierenski filled. And also, i have a question for sure. you so obviously the best case scenario i would say would be patrick line of course plays like a star but i guess what's more valuable in your opinion and i guess it's it's tough to answer this i know but i'm just gonna pose the question do you think columbus as is would be better off if let's say patrick line did have a huge season and scored 30 or more goals or Do you think they would be better off if he had a huge year, but they traded him to get even more parts back to help fill other needs? Mm. I know it's really tough. There's so many ifs and ands.
2: I guess it depends on whether at this point you feel it's more important to get quality or quantity in a trade. So I think that you would, with Liney, you'd be looking for a number of pieces, multiple first-round picks, multiple prospects, things like that, something like the what we got in the Seth Jones trade, which, again, I think it would be helpful for the build, but at the same time, that is, um, you know, I feel it pushes the window back a year or so because you have to wait for those pieces to develop. You're not necessarily getting pieces that help you now. So that, that makes maybe makes the team... Makes the team less good in twenty twenty two. But but if you have to move Line A that year. I I, I think we be, because we have enough I like the pieces that we've added this summer, so I feel like we can be competitive sooner if we keep line A around and he is the Line A that we think that he can be. What what, what do you think?
1: And yeah, and I was just gonna say too that when it comes to prospects, top prospects, even draft picks, whatever, it's kind of an unknown anyway. And we've seen Columbus draft high in the past. And now maybe going back, looking back on some of these drafts or whatever, maybe we would have thought, okay, why would you draft him anyways? But if you get line A and you get him back to what we've seen him do before, that's huge. I mean, if he can be the 30 plus goal scorer, Columbus needs offense anyway. And to trade away a line A for maybe a, a lottery pick, or lottery picks that may or may not be they may not turn into what you would have hoped. It could look bad That could be another trade that we look back on. And it's like, why would you let him go? We've been trying to get stars to want to stay here. Now we'll see if he does stay here. But if there's that potential of him playing really well and he wants to stay in Columbus, that kind of that's finally something to to build, you know, build towards, keep building towards and say, hey, we got Rorensky to stay. We got Line mm-hmm. A potentially wants to stay here. So um I think it'll. It will. Of course, we'll see how this all plays out throughout this season. But obviously, first step is you want to see line A get off to a good start. Yeah, and
2: I think I think that's a good point there. That if Laine could stick around, that that would help to further silence that narrative about players not wanting to stay here, because that would be yet another star player saying, "I see what's ha- what's going on here, and I want to be a part of it." Which is what Wierenski R- said. It with it was good that you brought that up. That with Wierenski, it wasn't just that like. Oh, Hey, I'm happy in Columbus or whatever it was. I wasn't sure. I watched what Yarmo did around the draft and I said, Hey, okay, I like that plan and I want to be a part of that. Um, and I think that's really important that, cause it, it again, it wasn't necessarily the city that players weren't committing to. It's, you know, guys like Dubois and Jones didn't, they weren't clear on what the team's plan was for building long term, you know? Um, But now things look better for how they're building long-term. And Warensky wanted to be a part of that. Maybe Line A can be a part of that as well. You know, obviously Bjorkstrand already signed long-term. Who knows what happens with the goalies, but Elvis certainly sounds like a guy that wants to be here long-term. And so then I think that, that would send a message then to players around the league of, all right, this is that core. They're good. They want to stick around. Do you want to be a part of that as well? So, so I hope that's the direction that we, we go in, but yeah, a lot of it depends on whether line, can finally get things together.
1: I think he will. I mean, I, I feel like the odds are in his favor because you know, he's got, we're we're kind of past last year. He had the off season. He had a chance to maybe uh, feel more comfortable or just work, you know, to kind of get acquainted with the team and stuff, or we'll have that opportunity as we go forward in the training camp and everything. And, you know, Larson, you met, you mentioned it before, Larson already said that, you know, they, they want to utilize him, uh, to kind of, you know, towards his strengths. Yeah. And, uh, that'll, of course, we'll see that play out hopefully with the way that he's used on the ice and his line mates and things like that. But, um, I think the odds are in his favor to hopefully have that kind of season that you would hope to see from him. And also, I'll touch on it real fast, too. You mentioned it with the goaltenders, and I know Elvis is, I think, coming in very confident, but he's also got... He he wants to win the Vezina. I, I know you put that out there, and he's coming in, I think, determined yeah. and focused, you know, with Matisse on his mind, of course, but I know he's coming in with his typical purpose of, you know, of a new season, but he's also got that with on on his on his in his heart, on his mind, so I'm I'm very curious to see what kind of start and season a guy like Elvis has.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up as well. And, and not only is Matisse in his heart also going to be on his helmet now. He I don't know if you saw that he, his new helmet design was released this week. Um, he's going to have uh, got that that Joker design on the side like like Matisse had. And he's going to have the number 80 with with angel wings on his uh, neck protector. Yeah, that which I, I, I really that was a really good interview that Aaron Portsline had with him. Uh I feel like Elvis has a really good attitude coming into the season. Um, you know, I wasn't sure what his mental state would be, but it feels like he is channeling his grief in a helpful way. You know, he's using it as motivation rather than some kind of burden that he's carrying. Um I, I was also glad to see that, you know, obviously. You know the team had mentioned that they were you know providing uh, mental health resources for, for anyone in the organization who needed it, and you know Elvis was open by the fact that he has taken advantage of that. And I think it's important for you know a, a player in that public position to be willing to speak openly about his mental health and about getting help when you need it. I think that's that's important that we destigmatize that if you're struggling with something. It's good to get help and to talk to someone about it um so hopefully he continues to do that um because there's going to be you know ups and downs in the season and and sometimes uh you know with grief like that you you get over it short term but sometimes six months a year down the line it can hit you when you're when you don't expect it so um but but i think that yeah getting back in the hockey season will be a good distraction for him and i think he will be motivated by playing for Matisse by playing for his new son now as well um, and I just I love that attitude of him wanting to win a Vesna. that that's it's great uh, I just how can you not love Elvis Merslekins right now? he's just got such a good personality, such a good attitude and um, you know hopefully he can finally put together. A full season on the ice you know he's just he's been inconsistent in his first two years in columbus for any number of reasons but when he is at his best he can be a real game-changing goalie and i think for a team like this with a lot of question marks with a lot of youth and inexperience it'd be nice to have a goalie that can steal some games you know and i think he can keep this team from being bad i think he can help he can make this team competitive on his own
1: yeah definitely so Lots of interesting storylines to play out as, like we said before, preseason is just around the corner, training camp, all of that fun. And the season is a month away, so it's going to come here fast. I know that. And that will do it for us this week. Be sure to check us out at CBJ Cannon on Twitter and Facebook at jacketscannon.com. And we'll see you all next week. Subscribe to the Canoncast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can catch every episode. Leave us a review and a rating, and as always, we welcome your thoughts and feedback. Go to JacketsCanon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us, and follow us on Twitter at CBJCanon. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perley in the Hallowed Moons. Check out AngelaPerley.com for more music and show dates.